Welcome to Thought Cops, coming to you live from the mean streets of Neo Chicago. I am Officer Kevin. And I'm Officer Grant. Hey, uh, disclaimer for last episode. I didn't uh, edit the video for last episode, so if you see some weird imagery just like spliced in, I didn't do it. Simply I thought, that, I thought that was you, man. I thought I was no. like, that's kind of a crazy gag. No, wasn't me okay. at all. I would never. Somebody well, else must have. I don't know. I don't know who. Hmm. Wasn't me. It wasn't you. I wonder who it could have been. I guess we'll never find uh, out. Uh, a magical audio editing fairy with a tattoo of himself. Perhaps. If such a man could exist. If such a man could exist. How's it going, Grant? It's going. That's cool. Yep. Uh, I was kind of hoping you give me more than that, but I guess... No, we'll I can't. I don't have more than that. Let's move on to Let's introducing move on. the guests. Let's move yeah. on. Let's introduce well, well, our Who guests. cares what I'm doing? It doesn't matter. Nobody cares. I'll they be honest, Grant. Can I be honest for a second? Yeah, be honest. I, I didn't care. I just wanted to kind of get formalities out of the way. I know you didn't. That's why I didn't. Yeah. That's why I'm not giving you anything. And I just think it's it's good to open the show with honesty. So let's give a warm <laughs> welcome to our returning guest to the show. We got Merritt K with us. How's it going, Merritt? Hey, it's... Uh... Yeah, it it is going. Um, do do you do you care, or, or is that? Um... I do. It, yeah, it we we care. Yeah, it's when okay it comes not to, to. No, no, no. When it I comes mean, to I... my guests, I give. I I care a hundred and ten percent. When it comes to wow. Grant, I'm just kind of being nice. You, you know take what I mean? All of the care that would go to your co-host, and you're just sort of moving it over to the guest. Yeah. Whatever. We have an agreement. We have an agreement. When we said, you know, I'm like Grant, would you would you give me your care? So I can give that to our guest. And he mm. graciously said yes. This conversation That's didn't beautiful. happen. This didn't it did. happen. It, it did. was a complete I, falsehood. I have the receipts, Grant. I have the receipts. Well, Mary, we wanted to have you back on the show because you have a book coming out. A picture book coming out. Yeah, there's so many pictures in it. Oh, my God. Um, very few words. the only words kind of book I can comparison. read. <laughs> That's not true, Grant. Yeah, I'm lying. This is an episode full of lies. Lies yeah, and receipts. Yeah, everything you say seems like a lie. Yeah. So yeah, let's let's talk about that book. It's um it's about land parties. Now, for those of uh for those of us listening who don't know what that is, could you tell people what a land party is or rather was? Yeah, so for anyone under the age of 30, um basically, I mean, land parties still happen, I guess. They're just they're not really as common as they used to be for a lot of reasons that we kind of get into in the book, but basically before you could play Fortnite online with 100 strangers, I guess 99 strangers, um, and maybe your friends on Discord. If you wanted to play games online, one of the ways you do that is by grabbing your uh, desktop computer, because gaming laptops weren't really so much of a thing back then. Yeah. And cramming it into your parents' minivan uh, and driving it over to someone else's house where, you know, you set all the stuff up in like a garage or a basement or a living room or like literally whatever space you could find and sort of like just networked all the computers together in that physical space and then played, you know, like Warcraft or Counter-Strike or Civilization or any number of games uh, that benefited from that kind of like environment, right? Because like high-speed internet wasn't really around at the time. And uh, so you had all these games that had like, you know, for the time, really high def, cutting edge 3D graphics like Counter-Strike, Half-Life. Um, but you didn't really have the internet infrastructure to play those online. Like ping was really bad. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. So this was basically how people did that. And it, it's kind of this weird thing that, I mean, you know, like I say, they still do happen. And 
kind of started happening probably like in the 90s and into the 2010s. But it was really just for like a few years, like really like the late 90s to like the mid to late 2000s that they were really a thing. Um, because after that, kind of like high speed internet starts taking off. Uh, there's like just less need to do this kind of thing. So they sort of kind of die off, although. Right, right. Yeah, they still do happen sometimes. I feel like, uh, I don't know if it necessarily died off at this point, but uh, number one thing, unfortunately, I always think of when it comes to LAN parties is the infamous World of Warcraft episode of South Park. Um, (laughs) And uh, that was like, I I don't know if that was past the time and they were just like drawing from that or if it was like, okay, this is already a thing of the past. So we're right, yeah. dredging it up to make fun of it. Like, I'm not sure of the time frame. Yeah, what, what was really that? Like 2006, that. 2007 that came out? I feel I like remember. it would have been around there. Yeah. 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 I think I, there I, were like a few death knells like that. Because like Halo 2 was a big, was weirdly, I think one of the the sort of the dooms of the LAN party because, you know, Bungie comes in and sets up really good servers. Xbox Live becomes a thing. And um, suddenly you don't really need to do that as much. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, if you don't have to carry a, like a 20 pound computer across the city, you probably won't. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That was that would have been unspeak. I didn't have friends to play computer games with when I was growing up. But uh, the idea of my dad had just like a big desktop that just had like mm-hmm. 400 cables going into it. Uh, serial experiments LAN, some might say. And it was just <laughs> this big like, and it was like to take it out. I didn't know that it like came out of that spot right. on the desk sort of thing. And then the idea of taking the very big, heavy, expensive family computer and mm-hmm. then bringing it somewhere else yeah, was yeah. unspeakable. I Especially, can't believe that people ever did that. Oh, totally, yeah. Like if it's a family computer, that's like, all right, you better be careful with that. Yeah, there's just the one. That's how right. we do taxes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have the one computer that we all, I mean, like, no one watches videos on it because that isn't a thing at that point. But, like, yeah, that's all of the school projects, uh, family accounting, all of that stuff is is on this big beige box. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was always beige. I don't know. Beige. And then Dell came along and you got like kind of cooler looking like black and gray. Um, that's what we had when I was younger. But yeah, no, I never did this either. Partly because we never had like a gaming quality PC, but also just if I asked my parents like, hey, can I take our your your computer, frankly, to a friend's house? They'd be like, what? Like, what are you talking about? That's, yeah. That's don't insane. we have the internet? <laughs> yeah, but people did that. Like so many, so many people did it. And uh, there are photos to prove it. And there are hundreds of photos in the book. And um, yeah, yeah, some really wild ones too. Just like people stacking, you know, those bulky monitors on like kitchen counters on like, uh, you know, just like little tables set up in front of couches. It's really, it's like chaotic. It's, it's crazy. It's novelty. It's like, a, it's like, it's a, a images of a day, days gone by, you know, it's the past. It's like at the time we didn't think it was going to be something we'd miss. And in a way it's like, yeah, it's super inconvenient, but like, I, I kind of miss that era too. I know like the most infamous picture people probably have seen at some point on the internet is that one where the guy's like, uh, I think he's like duct taped to the ceiling or something. Mm-hmm. And he's playing like on a computer out there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I yeah, know yeah. exactly the one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was really good. Um, but yeah, it's like I don't know. Looking at them at these pictures, it's like part of me. Part of me is just like, oh yeah, like 
you know, I kind of, you know, you reminisce and you're like, oh, yeah, like, remember the early 2000s? That was like 20 mm-hmm. years ago. Wow, that's crazy. Um, but I think there is also like, there's this other aspect to it as well that comes up when I talk to younger people about this stuff, because I've seen like so many people when I've like posted about this on Twitter, it'd be like, oh, I was born in the wrong era. And it's oh like, God. really? It was the fucking dark ages, guys. Yeah, like, yeah, it yeah, sucked. Yeah. But, um, but obviously, you know, there's always going to be people who feel that way about any time. But also, like, I think part of that is just like, if you're in your early 20s, you've lived your entire life with the internet being a constant presence in, in your life. Like, it's always been there. There's always been a computer or a phone. There's always been social media for like the majority of your life and all of your adult life. Yeah. And um, I think, you know, people see these this time when like you, it was a lot more intentional. Like you had to be a lot more like, okay, we're going to go to someone's house and like play some games and hang out. And there are, and not to be like, oh, not a phone in sight or whatever, but like, but there is something about that. I think that appeals to people for whom technology is just like this omnipresent force in their life to be like, wow, these people seem so excited about computers and about like playing games and stuff uh, in a way that I think is a little hard to come by that feeling today. There is an aspect to that. And I feel like um, I used to play in bands and stuff like that and don't anymore because I hate it. But there's that aspect where you listen to certain like older musicians talk about it. Uh, like technology um, mm-hmm. being it and the idea of like the work that it put the work you have to put into like recording to tape or recording to vinyl or something like that and how it's like this labor and how mm-hmm. so many ideas come out of that and you know that there's some downsides to that and obviously like the concept of like immediacy is uh like when when something's there and you can just hit a button and it's just ready to go, like there's there's an aspect to that where it's like, okay, well, you can get more ideas out and stuff like that. But the the idea of like applying that to this is like you said, it's it's like a little more intentional. And there is like I, I do feel like maybe if you would have shown me this collection of pictures ten years ago, I would have looked at them and I would have judged all these people and been like, Oh, mm-hmm. look at these nerds. Now I look at them and I think like wow, that must have been cool to like intentionally get all your friends together and you have all your snacks there and like everyone's having a good time. Like there's this, there is this like weird nostalgia to it. And the idea that like, this is what the internet was like for some people. And now I scroll through Twitter and I hate Mm -hmm. myself and just like (laughs) I'm pouring poison into my eyeballs and my brain. There is like, yeah, a level of nostalgia where you're like, Man, I, w- I wish we could go back in some sort of way to this. And I-, I don't even know what that would look like. But yeah, I mean, I'm not really sure either. But it's definitely something I've been thinking about a lot lately. And that might just be because I am uh, in my mid 30s. So I am like doing a lot of just reminiscing about, you know, 20 years ago or something. Yeah, yeah. I, w- I wanted to ask you because I know you had a blurb on the website for this uh, where you said that you had never, like you said, never done land parties. So like what what drew you to this specific topic? Yeah. So I mean, like I never had like a gaming PC back in the day. Um, yeah. it, uh, sorry, one sec. My computer is doing something uh, busted. Oh, no Remember when we were talking about how technology was so great now that it was just it was immediate and it worked? Yeah, yeah, God. Okay, yeah, no, I fixed it. Fucking okay, um, bullshit. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I never had a gaming PC um, 
back then. But um, I definitely did do things like, you know, going over to a friend's place and maybe like someone was playing a game or like a couple of people were and, you know, someone had a movie on um, or people like, you know, were playing CDs or things like that. Mm-hmm. And part of that, I think, is just like that's just kind of a childhood thing of like just hanging out with your friends in a very casual way. Um, but yeah, I just like, I think something about the, the lack of like constant access to, to being online, like the way I think of it lately is like that the internet now is sort of just like another layer of reality. Yeah. And they're very intertwined now. It's very hard to tell where one begins and one ends. Right. Yeah. Like for, it was almost for a while, it was like this other separate plane and they kind of like converged or were overlaid. And, Mm -hmm. um, it used to be a place that you would go, right? It was like, I'm going online to, yes. to look up something or to like talk to someone or to do something. And now it's just like the idea of going online is like, like it's so comically outdated. Uh, it's mm-hmm. like, you know, the images of like the kids surfing the information superhighway. Uh, it's like, no, that's just part of life now for most people in, yeah, and in I, you know, I think- in America at least. Like another layer of it was interesting to me is like it wasn't just the idea that all these people got together. They brought their computers. They're all sitting in the same room connected with these big cream colored monitors. But it's also that like the idea that they brought digital cameras with them to like take Mm. photos of it, you know, because that's another layer of it. Like we also didn't have phones on us that had like cameras in them. Like, what do you think it was that drew these people to be like, I'm going to get my digital camera and (laughs) I want to take photos of all of us just sitting at computers. Right. I mean, I think it was like a novelty at the time to some extent because digital cameras weren't um, super common, uh, at least in the early 2000s. I think I got my first one in like 2005 or six. Okay. And, uh, you know, so I think a lot of the people who were doing these things happened to be the same kind of people who were like early adopters of other kinds of tech like cameras. Yeah, that makes so, sense. So like, you know, if if you have a new digital camera and like you have a bunch of friends over you're probably going to start taking pictures right right and um so i'm kind of thankful for that because it does mean there are a lot of photos Mm -hmm. uh, of this kind of thing a lot of them are like (laughs) really you know blurry or like uh low resolution or whatever but another kind of funny thing about the book is like you see a lot of people like i feel like today most people you know either like have access to a camera all the time or i say most people but like you know what i mean like if you have a if you have a smartphone you have a camera um, so you're used to both like taking pictures and having your picture taken or like taking your own picture. But like selfies didn't exist at the time. Um, yeah, and, like, I'm still like not used to selfies in a way. Like I feel like it, like you mentioned people who grew up with social media. That's all they know. Right, now it's yeah. like taking a selfie for them is very like second nature. But for me, it's like I, I'm imagining holding a camera of like days <laughs> gone by. And I'm like, why am I pointing this at myself? It feels like, weird. <laughs> but I yeah. have to get used to it, you know? What no, I, I mean, I, I get it. I don't do it very often either. Um, oh, yeah. Well, Grant, I was going to try to bypass that. But for those of uh, those of you listening, Grant did have to get up and clean up cat vomit. So we were trying to banter <laughs> while that was happening. <laughs> okay. I didn't know if you just continued without me. No, which we were talking. Which would have been fine. We, which we were. We were. We have been oh, going. Okay. So thank oh. you for. Well, uh, just keep all that in. That's fine. Yeah, yeah, Or, yeah. or <laughs> delete it. I don't care. No, we're Whatever. keeping it. We're keeping it, Grant. Okay. That's the fine. people must know that you're a great cat father. Well, you know, I want the other cat not to eat the other cat's vomit. So, so. yeah, yeah, so nutritious though. <laughs> I don't need to about? clean up vomit times two. Yeah, fair enough. Um, 
But also like, you know, a couple things that this book reminds me of is like there was a thread on Twitter, I think a couple of years ago, maybe I talked about it on, on the show once at some point where it was just a thread of like. Uh, oh, yeah. I, remember. I know the, what you're going to say. Yeah. 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 This it was like a goon thread is a bunch of something. Awful oh, the users. Goon meetings. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it was like all these pictures they would take right. these like meetups and stuff. And it was like, man, that it just like feels so far gone. And it's like, I know it's so like weird to think about but there again, were so many just... old types of guys that we lost <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 one of those guys had to have been one of the cat in the hat hat guys oh yeah we, my we've God, been those hats yeah yeah we've yeah. been talking about like uh old the types mysterious of guys, lore types of guys of, yeah yeah that are either still here or just have mysteriously disappeared <laughs> like the cat in the hat hippie guy where the fuck oh my did God, they go yeah. Where always did they had go? a hacky yeah. sack, always had drugs on them, always they had like big East, jeans, yeah. like Jinkos. But I was going to say, this also reminds me of um, like when I like in uh, in the mid 2000s and for quite a while, actually, I would go to anime conventions with my friends every single year. Mm-hmm. And we'd always bring like the digital camera and we have like the the photo thing on like MySpace or whatever, like the, you know, the following after the weekend's over. And it right. just was like, and I, I think people have been recently like digging up photos of other people's like anime con photos from like even as far back as the 90s, the early mm. 2000s, mid 2000s. And again, it harkens back to this time of like, if you wanted to do something, you really had to like go for it. Like if you wanted to play on the computer with your friends you had to lug it across town if you wanted to take a picture you had to buy a camera have it separate from your phone if you had one and then take it for pictures exclusively and have to like link it to your computer and drag Mm -hmm. and drop everything felt like it was a lot more intentional so it's like the people who were doing these things had a lot of love for them you know yeah i think that's that's super true um yeah and it's it's funny like in a way a lot of this stuff isn't that old like just in absolute terms, like there are some photos yeah. in the book that are from like the 20 tons. Um, I, I have a couple of more recent ones too, just to kind of show people doing this stuff still, because some people still do it. And a lot of the time it's people who grew up doing it and and still have that be like part of their kind of, you know, they do it every few months or like once a year or whatever. Yeah. But, um, but it does feel like, like so long ago. And um, I don't know whether that's just because, you know, like once you hit a certain age, things just start feeling like they were a lot longer ago than they were, or just because like there has been such like a rapid growth of communications technology in the last 20 years, uh, in a way that like would just be like, like unimaginable, um, in, uh, in the nineties and two thousands. Like I remember Mission Impossible, there's like a gadget in, in that movie that just like, it's like, it just sends him texts and it's like, whoa, imagine being able to send someone a text, a message on a, like a little device like that. Right. Right. It's like, <laughs> yeah. Um, I think so that there's you, also you, like maybe somewhat of an aspect to, um, and I can't, I can't remember if we talked about this last time you were on or if I had read a tweet that you wrote merit. And then I just mm-hmm. had a conversation in my head and just accepted <laughs> that as reality. But many um, such cases. Yeah. I, I remember um, you mentioning wanting to like read more about like Mark Fisher maybe or something. Oh, he is like yeah. this really interesting um, body of work that all has to do with like hauntology and like the study of the past and stuff like that. And like certain cultural artifacts that like we see less and less of a changeover throughout the decades, whether it's the 80s, the 90s, like there's 
a lot of distinct moments to separate a lot of the decades. And it feels like once we hit sort of the 2000s, it all sort of becomes this weird mishmash of things. So like, even as we're in like, you know, two decades out of the year 2000, it still feels like we're sort of in the mishmash of the new millennium that I disagree with that. Everything. I think I agree, but I disagree. It's not as though it all stopped. And obviously, like millennial culture is sort of like starting to cycle back in where people are having like, oh, 2000s dance parties and whatever. And you're, yeah, you're yeah. seeing 20, 20 year nostalgia cycle. Up. Yeah. But mm-hmm. like also, I think that there's an aspect too where it's becoming less and less distinct and a little more fuzzy, which I, I feel like the further we get out from things, it's for me at least. And, you know, as, as me being a 31 year old, loser um it's one of those things where it's like was this really that long ago like none I of us swear have to god i don't know no no that's no. fine um i i know who i am i know i know my audience um there's this aspect to living in this era where it's like you look back at like oh you know 10 years ago and you're just like wow that that was like yesterday and culturally there's a lot of similarities but you know there's there's this like weird accordion effect that I've mm. coined uh, within the past two years that time times more like an accordion. There's more instead of like these distinct eras. It's it's a big accordion. Like oh, that, weird that was you. You you quote you coined that grand. I think really? I did. I've never heard anybody else say that times an accordion. OK, not one person. So I don't know if that uh, relates to the topic at hand or not. Yeah. I mean, God, I got to read Mark Fisher. I just I, I just got to sit down and do it. I feel like I've had his stuff on my my reading list for like years at this point. Yeah, I really God, if I leave it. it long enough, then Mark Fisher will become an object of hauntology, you oh, know, no. and then I can sort of think about that in that way and it'll get really meta and confusing. So. Uh, capitalist realism is really short. Um, oh, cool. And then some of his other stuff is just like he has a lot of just anthologies from his blog and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But it's uh, mm-hmm. I enjoyed everything that I read, which I think was most of it. So, Merritt, you're a gamer. Are you excited for the Super Mario Brothers movie? <laughs> Jesus Christ. God, do you think they're going to reference the old one? I don't know. We were talking on the show recently about how, like, John Leguizamo uh, was complaining oh about the new God. movie. And re- he was referring oh to it as a reboot. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I think, didn't like, I saw say, some... Go ahead, say sorry. something about there not being... Uh, about it not being diverse enough or something? Yeah. Or, like, Mario yeah. or Luigi not being diverse? Yeah, he said they were. they should be... Uh, Hispanic, which I mean, if anything, they're either Italian, maybe Japanese. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> um, I feel like they should do a hologram of Dennis Hopper. Like they should bring Dennis Hopper back to life in hologram form. Um, uh, yes. because he was Bowser. Is in the Dennis Hopper movie. dead? Uh, I think he's been deceased for some time. <laughs> oh, Oops. shit. This is how uh, I found out. Crap. I know. I know. I'm so sorry to have to tell you this. That Damn the star it. of the Super Mario Brothers movie, Dennis Hopper, has passed away at uh, probably 70 something 10 years ago. Damn it. Well, I guess Jack Black's no. fine. Uh, yeah, Jack Black will do. Uh, I, God, that movie, I just remember seeing the first reveal for that movie, like on the Nintendo Direct thing. Yeah. And um, them just like announcing. <laughs> all of the cast just oh my like, god what are you talking about like obviously the mario thing everyone hates that it's terrible it's still bad mm-hmm. will never be good and then they get to like luigi and it's like charlie day like what i mean 
cool. I like it. Yeah, I like it's fine. good. But like, Tell, what is happening? Like ten years ago, would you believe like, oh, Charlie from Always Sunny is going right. to be Luigi in the Super Mario Brothers movie? <laughs> okay, what the fuck? Ten years ago, if you go into uh, if if you were to de- get on a time ship and go a ten time years, accordion. a time accordion, if you were to play one of those and go ten years in the past, and you would be like, hey, Kanye West is a Nazi right now, people's heads would explode, like in that one movie where the guy's head explodes. Right. Yeah, the Super Mario Brothers movie. Yeah, the first one. <laughs> yeah, the original. Yeah, <laughs> couldn't make that today. <laughs> <laughs> you could not make that today. And you speaking of which, <laughs> speaking of which, I actually want to jump to a story yeah, real quick. Please. I got, I got in a very yeah. important topic I want to talk about today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so it turns out, uh, if if you wanted to make The Office today, guess what? You're shit out of luck because you couldn't Fuck. do it. According copy, to copyright laws, I think. Yeah, copyright Into laws and also woke culture. NBC. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, Min- okay. Mindy Kaling says the office is so inappropriate now and couldn't be made today because most characters would quote be canceled. That's right. Jim, Michael, Dwight, the whole gang are all getting uh, sent to hang out with Kevin Spacey, presumably on that island where they all go hang out. I don't know. So she has a, a, a quote here. Little St. James. No, different mm-hmm. one. Different one. Oh, okay. Never mind. Yeah. Common. It has, common to, be, it has to be a punishment. Right. For, for Kevin Spacey. And that isn't, you know. I hope we get a video from him this Christmas. That's all I ask. Mm. We get one, did we get one last year? I feel like I don't that was think a, we got yeah, one. I just last want year. one thing for Christmas. There's only one thing I need. What's that? All I want for Christmas is a Kevin Spacey. <laughs> yeah. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Let's hear from the guy. I think I think he did one in 2020. Yeah, he for and sure. And that did. was the one where he sort of broke character and he was like, hey, a lot of people are sad this time of year reach out to some people, and that was it. He didn't do his whole uh, House of Cards shtick. Mm-hmm. His uh, Southern twang. It's like, dude, I'm, not read the room. I'm glad we don't talk about that show anymore. I'm yeah. glad that's off the zeitgeist. I don't need more of it. So yeah, I guess there was, a, there was an interview uh, with Good Morning make House America. Couldn't make House of Cards. No, you, you, yeah. you really couldn't. <laughs> with that guy in it? Hell no. So Mindy Kaling recently told Good, uh, Good Morning America that The Office could be made today because it's so inappropriate. She says, the writers who I'm still in touch with now, we always talk about how so much of that show we couldn't make now. Tastes have changed. And honestly, what offends people has changed so much now. I think that actually is one of the reasons why the show is popular, because people feel like there's some kind of fearlessness about it or taboo that it talks about on the show. Who the fuck is watching The Office and is being like, yes. <laughs> yes. The most, like, just the friends of its era. And, yes. And you're saying that it's too fearless and daring. You simply could not make The Office today. It's a sad testament to the way we live. It truly but, is. I feel like it's the... um. <sighs> <laughs> friends of its era i feel like it's like the that's a little harsh no <laughs> well maybe it's maybe um, a little harsh i'd probably yeah. put the office above friends God, but i feel I like it's friends. it's like a hallmark i also do i feel like the office is like a hallmark of like normie culture like the most famous example is you go on a dating app and someone has in their dating profile i'm just mm-hmm. looking for the gym to my pam that's a red flag now. Yeah. It's a red flag. Like, that's, this is why this is such like a completely bizarre thing to say, because it's like transparently, like it's incredibly massively popular still. Right, right. More so than it was when it was on TV, I yeah. think. Yeah. 
I remember like being, I remember watching it like around when it first came out. Everybody's like, oh, this is stupid and boring because there's no laugh track. Like, and then now it's like every fucking, like, when did the office become like the normie thing? Because it definitely wasn't like for a long time. It was not. And now everybody's like doing their like, oh, you're this, you're the Dwight, you're the, uh, Mm. the the fucking, you're Andy. You know what? I think it was all downhill when Jim and Pam got married. No, you know what, Grant? I think I actually know exactly what it is. And this is someone we've talked about on this show and our spinoff show a lot about how this guy sort of like in every role, he brings this annoying energy to it. Ed Helms, because he was not in the first mm-hmm. few seasons of that show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they added him in. And like he was in fucking everything. Like I, I was at the the gym the other yeah. day and the, the hangover was on. I'm like, what was this shit? Like, God, I hate Ed Helms. <laughs> Like, I don't know. He just has like a, so that just happened energy. And like, that's he what does the have that became. base permanently. Yeah. 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 Um, now what do you think is a worse, what do you think is, who do you think has been worse for the culture in terms of their, uh, their move from mid 2000 sitcom to, uh, to like big action star, either John Krasinski or, uh, Chris Pratt? That's a good question. I mean, Chris I, Pratt's the obvious answer. But like John Krasinski made some really bad movies. I remember, um, God, what the fuck is that movie? At Zero least, Dark Thirty. That I remember, like, least, yeah, go Chris ahead. Pratt. No, Chris Pratt was in that. I'm like, oh, cool. It's a guy from Parks and Rec. I like that show. Cool to see him in an action movie. And now yeah. it's just like, good God, I, I got this. But I, I feel like there's something more about John Krasinski that really just rubs me the wrong way. Like, mm. what's that stupid fucking thing he does? Like the the, the good news or something? He just. He like we, sold that off. He doesn't do that anymore. Whatever that was, it was so yeah. off putting. So I got to say, I, I dislike him more. Yeah, but at, at least with John Krasinski being in like a bunch of like shitty, like direct to Amazon, whatever the fuck, like what, what are those movies called? Oh, like um, the Jack, the Jack Ryan. Yeah, Jack, Jack, yeah. Jack Ryan. Um, Jack Reacher, I think, or. At least I don't have to look at them, you know, because Chris Pratt's yeah, in everything. True. He does every true, voice yeah. and he's in everything. And like, I can't. Can I tell you a, a, um, a John Krasinski quote from IMDb that is on the front page of his? Well, first of all, I need to need to tell you his trademark. Do you know what John Krasinski's? What would you say his trademark is? Is it this? <laughs> it's I'm not that. Looking at the That camera. would also be my guess. So No, I, it's not I that. His trademark that. is tall frame. Oh, What's, tall frame. It doesn't explain. Mean? It doesn't explain what that means. Um, it's tall his, frame. His quote, his quote, his featured quote on the front page. I'm really not feeling one way or the other with comedy or drama. I'm just sort of doing projects that I've been finding really fun to be a part of. Preach. So um, that's, I think that's, we can all learn a lot from that. It really makes I mean, you think. I, I totally relate to it, but, um, you know, he doesn't have to be so sanctimonious about it. Right. Kind of rubs me the wrong way. Yeah. Now you have to, you have to have the opposite opinion now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm committing hard to drama and or comedy. Yeah. 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 That's, uh, that's how I make my opinions on healthcare too, is who's being more annoying today. Exactly. <laughs> um, exactly. I don't um, know when, yeah, go ahead. I was just, no, I'm, I was going to pivot, pivot to another sitcom. But yeah. uh, if it's office related or gym related, please. Is it Grant? Oh, I, I was going to get back to the Mindy Kaling, Mindy Kaling thing because oh, it yeah, bothers yeah, yeah. me a lot. But I also don't want to be the, the screamy guy on mm-hmm. this episode. Uh, so that job is taken. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, but, oh, no, but well, well, please, like, I would love to hear more about this. <laughs> yeah, Grant, what do you? I, I'm well, kind of scared. Yeah, what are you going to say? What really? I, what, what really yeah. bothers me about this is like, like this isn't true. Obviously, mm-hmm. like it's it's not. There might be certain jokes where it's like, maybe we don't say this anymore. Maybe we don't use this word anymore. But like the the basic premise of the office was Michael Scott is a well-meaning idiot. Like the whole mm-hmm. thing is like, hey, we can all relate to like, oh, you work in an office. There's a bunch of weirdos. Like that was the premise of the show. There's nothing inherently offensive about it. And of course, they use, you know, every every comedy uses somewhat of a like some level of like yeah, transgression or transgression. Or, yeah, something. And, and it's more so important that like it's contextualized and that when some transgressions are used that like so, like Jim does his gym face into the camera. So we know, oh, this oh, this is a little bit off. Right. Uh, you shouldn't be saying that. Right. So that we have some level of like anchoring to know that like, hey, this isn't the show is putting out like a manifesto. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, the yeah, way yeah. that people are reacting to something. And like that would have been a it, crazy last episode of The Office, Michael's <laughs> manifesto. <laughs> Dwight, don't come to work tomorrow. And there's there's <laughs> just like an aspect. Right. There's an aspect to this where it's like, do y'all know like the show that you wrote? Right. It, it's sort of concerning because it's like if if you think that the only thing that's worthwhile about this show is the offensive humor, it kind of makes me look at the writing of the show in like a different way and think like, oh, what I was getting out of it was not maybe exactly what's mm. been like put into it. Mm. And I I think that that's like a lot of people have been criticizing other of like Mindy Kaling's shows of which I've seen like a very small amount. But she I has have a heard lot, this, doesn't she? I have heard this criticism where people are like, she doesn't really like delve into the full context of stuff that she's talking about and that certain like communities of people and stuff like that are like hey what you're doing is actually harmful and offensive because you're just sort of throwing out these throwaway lines that don't really represent you know like people in the way that is actually positive it's a lot of like negative representation for a cheap laugh sort of thing was that really on the office though i don't remember that well, she she was a writer for The Office, but I'm saying like some of her other stuff that she's made. Oh, okay, yeah. Because I was gonna say like The Office, like I'm I'm trying to like I'm scratching my head, like what was on there that was offensive? Like the one that comes to mind was like when uh, and again, this is like so obviously we're laughing at Michael for doing this. It was the it was very early on the diversity training episode mm-hmm. where Michael was telling yeah. a Chris Rock bit, right. and he was telling it word for word, and then they were like hey you can't do that and they had to bring the diversity hire guy in and i think he makes like a indian joke to mindy kaling and then she slaps him and it's just like and then like he thinks that he's not the one who did it the whole time and the joke is like this is all your fault you're the one who said this mm-hmm. right. but it's the like, joke is on him right like, right that feels very clear yeah you know which again that makes me wonder like the writing of these jokes is it like did they just want to put a bunch of offensive stuff in there and just oh we just make it funny or did they have the cognizance of being like well this is why it's funny and this is why he's the bad guy in this situation like i i don't know well i don't know about you guys but i think that jim was really punching down when he put dwight <laughs> stapler in jello <laughs> we all know yeah. that right anyway merit what were you gonna say <laughs> I uh i was going to um bring up kirstie alley 
Um, oh, did she oh, yeah. uh, pass away? She did, yeah. Um, and I think it's inspiring that someone can, um, upon dying, just sort of uh, generate just the most unhinged, completely insane tweets from literally everyone across the political spectrum. Surprisingly, I haven't seen any. Like, what was going on out there? Uh, I, I was just like, I was just kind of dipping into it yesterday. And uh, it's just like a lot of people, like you, you've got people who are like, Kirstie Alley never bowed to woke politics. What? That's why she's my hero and the greatest actress of all time. But then you also have people who are like, um, I definitely, I saw at least one that was like, Kirstie Alley was like a complex like figure actor and she did block me on here, but I do still think she was good in Cheers. And it's just like, you're bringing up that this person blocked you? Like, I'm not, I, I'm not even like, a, oh, you have to respect the dead kind of person, but like, it's, it was just incredibly funny to me. It's a, that, a like, little bit in poor taste, like. Right. Oh, uh, they, it's, it's like, feels like a, I'm a never going to get unblocked. Bit. Yeah. Um, but it was just like, oh, wow. Just, just across the board. Like, this is sort of your legacy at this point then, I guess. Just people either eulogizing you for the stuff or railing against you for it. Yeah. Uh, which is kind of a, kind of a bummer, but, um. Yeah, it's but exhausting. It was, it was pretty funny. Honestly, when I die, just scrub me off the internet. Like, don't, yeah. I don't, I don't want anybody talking about me at all. Ever. I don't it. even want people commenting on the YouTube video um, mm-hmm. after we like, release so it. Nobody, yeah. don't even thumbs up it. I want no interaction. It's just, it's, it's weird. And you really just see everyone's uh, idiosyncrasy is just mm. coming to light um, when this type of stuff happens. And it doesn't matter. Yeah. I also want to talk about, uh, while we're in the topic of uh, mass media, I want to read a quote here from James Cameron, because last week I was talking about how, well, before I get into it, Merit, what's your opinion on Avatar? There's no right or wrong answer. Uh, Avatar, not the airbender, but, you know, those uh, (laughs) aliens. Oh, yeah, I love Avatar, the movie, airbender. Uh, Very good. Yeah. Um, I've actually still never seen it. Wow. Uh, despite uh, it was a years, cool event. I feel despite so years relieved. of Felix Biederman tweets about <laughs> about Avatar, just yes. sort of uh, you know on my timeline constantly. Um, I still, I just have still never seen it. I don't know when it came out. I just, I was like, ah, I don't know about this. And then since then, I just, I don't know. I know the basic sort of gist of it. Big blue aliens, kind of. Um, I'm starting to notice a little bit of a conspiracy here because this is like one of the top selling blockbuster movies of all time. Uh And I feel like every time on the show we talk about this movie, everyone's like, I've never seen it. I've never seen it. Huh? Our last guest made a short film or a feature film. He's never seen it. Wow. A lot of people haven't seen seen it. it. I've seen it. Who's seen it? Is this just the Koch brothers are just pouring billions into... (laughs) I mean, at least I think I saw it. Now I'm starting to wonder. No, I I think like it's... it's This is how I feel. Like I said last time, when the movie came out, there was all this like backlash. Oh, it's just uh, fucking dances with wolves, but with Smurfs. (laughs) And then, you know, I didn't hate the movie. It's not a bad movie. There's parts of it I think are kind of cool. Uh, it's certainly not a great movie, in my opinion. It's not really ground. It's not groundbreaking. It's not going to make you feel or think any kind of way. It's just a fun, dumb action movie. And at that rate, not even one of the best ones, but still pretty good. But 
I feel like for a long time, people were like not really keen on this movie. And then all of a sudden, like in the last like year or two, there's been this like, I want to say it started off as ironic praise for mm-hmm. the Avatar movies. I think that when they started, I think part of it happened when like, you know, to counter the backlash and then James Cameron's like, oh, by the way, four more are coming. And it took uh-huh. us like, it took us like 15 years to make the second one. So I think people are like, you know what? It's not a Marvel movie. This guy's insane. Fuck it. I'm here for the ride. <laughs> yeah. That's my best that. guess. But like people are like now have tricked themselves into believing they actually love this movie. Like they got that theme park. People are going to that. People are talking. Sorry, there's like you an said, Avatar theme park? Uh, I think it's at like Disney World in Florida. I think that's just one of the parts of. Oh, still, but, but they the have a, they have an Avatar land at, at yeah. Disney World. And you, they talk, they, they, they have the language they talk in. I think it's like, it's part of like the magic king or the animal kingdom. It's one of the oh, kingdoms. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And there's just like a small kingdom, section yeah. that's. Uh, but like you said, Avatar like, world, yeah. you see all yeah. these tweets like online, they're saying like, oh, Avatar is like, actually Avatar is awesome. And it's like, I do think that it's crossed the line from like, this isn't really irony anymore. You actually like it this much. And again, I think it just comes from a desperation of there isn't enough of anything else now. Mm-hmm. But anyway, Avatar The Way of Water is coming out soon. So get your tickets now because it's going to sell out, allegedly, and we're all going to think we saw it. So I'm putting my foot down. I'm not going to see this movie. I don't care. Grant, I'm not going to watch Avatar one and I'm not going to watch Avatar. It's like four hours long. And he said something about that's uh, what I want to read oh. the quote here. I want to read the quote. It says Avatar oh, okay. the way, Ava- it's it. three hours and 10 minutes long, which nice. is, I think, still shorter than the Irishman. I don't know. But at least the Irishman was on Netflix. You could pause it. You could go to the bathroom and everything. Yeah. But the, for this movie, uh, you know, it says Avatar the way of water's three hour and 10 minute long runtime had some people wondering how to time a bathroom break. But director James Cameron says audiences can go anytime they want and quote can see the scene they missed when they come see it again. Oh, That's how they're fluffing the numbers. That's incredible. They're making it so action-packed and so long that you have to see it twice or three times or four times so the movie becomes the highest-grossing movie of all time. In a way, it's like it's genius at how genius. fucking stupid it is. Yeah. I, can we have intermission? I think it's just stupid. Like, can we just do that? Yeah, intermission, like, well, yeah, whatever happened to the intermission? Like, I want to, the little characters come out, say, let's all go to the lobby, you know, let's yeah. get a popcorn. Get but, up, stretch my legs. Yeah, there was one weird one I remember, uh, weird intermission in some movie where some guy said, uh, I've got some hot butter for your popcorn and it's non-dairy. Okay, and then what happened? <laughs> I don't remember. You, you blacked uh, out? Another, another guy said, uh, my nipples look like milk duds. What is that from? <laughs> Kung Pao Enter the Fist. Okay, I was gonna. I'm like, yeah. that's yeah. Zwick in the chat says Kung Fu Hustle. Which one is it? No, it's not Kung Fu. Zwick, you fucking moron. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's typing furiously now. It oh, is God. not Kung Fu Hustle. It is Kung Pao Enter the Fist. He says, "I'm wrong." Grant is right. I know. He should get that tattooed on his forehead <laughs> after this last episode, <laughs> perhaps. <laughs> Any, what are we talking uh, about? Avatar, Kung Pao, Avatar. Who gives a fuck? You couldn't make it's just, it today. It's so weird that uh, James Cameron, like his whole life's goal was, he read about the Titanic in the sea, and he went, "One day I'm gonna find the Titanic." They say it's down there. I'm gonna find it. 
<laughs> and then he found it. And then he's like, I'm going to make a movie about the blue people. <laughs> <laughs> that was the follow up. I mean, I mean, it's the next logical step, right? I mean, he made one of the greatest action movies of all time, you know, Terminator sure. 2. Oh, I thought you were going to say Avatar. Well, you know, obviously that goes without saying. Just kidding. I'm not one of these irony poison freaks, okay? Is it is it so wrong to think the movie was just decent at best? I have to either hate it or think it was awesome. You know, yeah. I got to have a polarizing opinion on everything. I just don't. Yeah. I thought it was decent. Well, that's not going to get you many likes. You're right so... about that. Yeah. Maybe I should, I guess I should pick one. And sharpen that opinion. Go. I'm just like from the, from now on. This podcast is just going to be me going full throttle. I hate just this. I love this. Range. I hate that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. T two is good though. I haven't seen T two in like probably like 20 years. <laughs> yeah. It's. I mean, it's great. It's one of the best. It's one of those, uh, in my opinion, one of the sequels that like improves on the original. I think the first. Yeah, Terminator it's a real aliens uh, kind of situation. Exactly. Was that him too? I'm going to look it up. I think that I think was so. also him. Yeah. People yeah, at home are like, he had, a, yeah! he had a good run in the 90s. Yeah, let's see. Uh, hurry up. Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah. And and, like Ava- and another great sequel, Avatar 2, The Way of Water. Oh, so true. Don't even have to see it. I already know it's great. Did we talk about Forgotten Worlds yet, or did we meander too far? Uh, we were talking about The Office. So we, you, Not The uh, Office. That's a Forgotten World, right? Seriously, yeah. <laughs> Talk about 2000s culture. No, you do do seem to have like an affinity for like that culture. And that's why I was kind of pushing back on what Graham was saying about how there is no culture from that point. You're very much so uh, misconstruing my entire point. (laughs) Well, I want to say like, I think the reason, because it's not, I I do see a lot of people say this online where there is no culture in the 2000s. Like, I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that at all. But a lot of people do. I would just say that it's a more homogenized aspect of it where, Mm -hmm. like, technology growth is a lot slower and just, like, as, especially as things like subgenres of things and, like, like the the, the concept of, like, mainstream is such, like, a weirdly arbitrary concept at this point in time because there's, there's so much shit that's out there. And it's like, we don't have like uh, the Beatles or uh, the Michael Jackson or anything like that anymore where it's like, oh, this is the one person of the 70s right. or 80s. Yeah. This is the, we got Billie the Eilish. defining what about figure. Her? I mean, you know, you, you have people on TikTok that are having songs that are blowing up like bigger than her songs. You know what I mean? Like when, when you have so much... Um, when you can go into so many different pockets of the internet and it's all sort of like overlapping and stuff like that, like there is a level of like weird, it's not even homogenization, but it's, it's, you know, just a a big pile of, uh, caca. Just, (laughs) you know, I I was going to say something else, but I actually agree with that. (laughs) (laughs) It gets harder to, I think like, this is something that, that I've, you know, thought about lately as well is like, um, it does feel like once once the internet really takes over in the 2000s and becomes kind of a part of a lot of people's lives, yeah, um, you do lose that kind of, and I say lose, I don't know that it's like a loss, but it's it changed, right? Of um, you don't have like a, everyone's watching like the same show like every week, or like everyone's there, there watching the same music on the radio, or like whatever. Like there's still top 40, there's still network TV, even today, all that stuff, but like. Just the like you say, like we don't like 
there is there's fewer it's less like and less stars of in the same way. Yeah, it's, and it's, it's more definitely like, less homogenized. But at the same time, right. it's like, isn't that also a sign of like what the times we live in? Like, you oh, know, true, yeah. yeah, that in itself is almost like, okay, this is how it is now. Then, you know, the 2030s are going to be even you know, less homogenized. We're going to look back on now and be like, oh yeah, everybody was on like, like 30, 30 versions of Twitter. We're already working on it. <laughs> you and, know, and that's culture, true. culture progresses and moves forward or sometimes regresses and, you know, whatever. But, um, you know, like culture is constantly like moving in a direction and technology obviously influences that to a large degree. Um, but I, I think that like, yeah, there, there was like a, a defining point in time where it was like, the the technology like the way that it's progressing is not like as distinctive and so it it creates this like level of like feeling like time hasn't passed but then when you look back mm. it's like oh but so much time has passed that was the point not that like oh it's it's the exact same today as it was you know back when yeah. you know the the twin towers were hit or what like it's like it's not exactly the same but like at the same time it feels like it wasn't that like I think like a big a big example of this would be like the switch from like color TV to or the switch from black and white TV to color TV. And it's like, oh, this was like a huge defining moment in like media that changed the way we perceived the world sort of thing. And it's like now I look at like George Bush Jr. And I'm like, why is he so old? And I'm like, oh, because that he is old. <laughs> well, he I doesn't like- just look like that anymore. To your point about like TV stuff, another even like example of that recently is like I've noticed some modern TV shows when they want to, you know, back in the day when there was a flashback, it would be in black and white. Mm-hmm. A lot of modern media, like TV shows, mostly and some animes and stuff. If there's a flashback, they'll do the four by three with the bars on the side. And oh, it's like, interesting. it's kind of like we understand like, oh, this is meant to be from that time period or it's a flashback because we see that it has this old formatting. Um, but I also think like it, it's probably too soon to really determine whether or not there was a major cultural impact in like the 2000s because it's like, okay, it's 1990. People are not looking at things and going, oh, that's so 80s, you know, it just happened. I, I pretty specifically remember that being a thing. Well, maybe how far into the 1990s? I'm talking about the early, you know. I mean, obviously, like there's definitely some overlap between early 90s and late 80s, but um, I would say that. You know, a lot of the decades have had well, more of a division. I think Forgotten Worlds. <laughs> I, I was going to make a point about 80s right, culture. Right. Because I wanted to mention, like, and I, I uh, Merritt, I think I saw you post about this recently. How, so in the 2000s, I think we became very obsessed with 80s culture because there was enough of yeah. a distance between then and before to notice the major difference. Like, oh, isn't, weren't the 80s so corny? And it was right, really yeah. happened in the 2000s. And then we almost like never let off the brakes from the 1980s yeah. as, a, as a nation, you know? It feels that way to me yeah. sometimes. And yeah, I, I, I posted about that the other day and, and a lot of people were like, oh, it's just the nostalgia cycle. But it's like, okay, but I don't remember a time in my adult life. Like there was a time in the 90s where like people were like the 80s, like that's like stupid and like yeah. mm-hmm. big hair and like tight pants. It's really dumb. But like. From the 2000s on, and I feel like it started kind of as an ironic thing of like, where like younger people would get into 80s music and be like, ah, this is so cool. And like, most of the culture around them was like, this is not good or interesting. But like 80s nights were a thing in the 2000s at clubs, and they are still a thing. And it's like, I guess maybe you could say that for different groups of people, like in the 2000s, it was young people rediscovering that stuff. And now it's like... 
people who grew up during that time. But like, it does feel in some ways like America latched on at the 80s and we're just like, that was it. That was the high point. And we just, we're going to keep coming back to that in music, in pop culture, in fashion. And like, yeah, there's 2000s revivals going on right now as well. But like, I don't know, the 80s just have a powerful there's, hold over America. Yeah. Just the, all that there's cocaine. Also, really. um, there's also like a level to which um, I think you find this more so in America than in other countries um, and maybe other countries have their own version of it. But we have like distinct generational lines and a lot of that just drew mm. back to like the baby boomer era where you could specifically point to like World War II and then there was a big population boom. And then from the boomers, then there was Gen X who were sort of like, you know, uh, there's a lot of like the culture was like in response to previous culture. So like right. you, you grow upon like certain things and you reject other norms and stuff like that. And then you have the millennials and then you have the Gen Zs. And if y'all have uh, engaged in any of the millennial versus Gen Z discourse, um, <laughs> Just to catch everybody up, we didn't know that Gen Z was a generation until COVID happened when right, yeah. Fox News was like, look at these millennials going to Miami Beach for uh, for spring break and they're uh -huh. catching COVID. And all of us millennials were like, I'm 30. That's right. not us. I, that's yeah, I'm not, not in college. Yeah. And now all the generational warfare is like millennials part their hair down the middle Gen oh Z parts God. their hair down the side. And it's like, what the, what, what even is this? Well, I think this the big is thing is stupid. To, to a point like Merritt made earlier is that Gen Z grew up entirely on like social media, whereas we didn't. I remember a time distinctly not having the internet at my house or most people I knew didn't have it. Like the, like the right, mid nineties, yeah. you know, I think we might've got it, but like, in, I remember like going 90s. to dragon ball and it crashed my computer <laughs> and then it just didn't work. I remember work, going to, to zelda.com. And it was a porn site. <laughs> yeah. uh, that only changed, I think, in the 2000s or 2010s. Really? Yeah. Nintendo yeah. when their constant cease and desist letters. Mm -hmm. Come on, guys. Mm -hmm. God, this corporate overreach, you know. Um, but yeah, no, that that to me, I feel like is the, the only real difference is like, did you, was there a time in your life when you did not have access to the internet? You didn't have a smartphone, you didn't have social media? Um, or was there not? Yeah. Um, yeah. But everything else is just like manufactured bullshit. Like this is just like totally made up nonsense garbage. And it, it was really funny because it was around the time of COVID, like it, the time of COVID, whatever. It remember was around that? like COVID. Remember COVID? Uh, no, but it was like 2019, 2020 when I first started noticing, yeah, news stories stopping blaming millennials for things and being like, Gen Z doesn't want to work. And, and like, and millennials are old and starting to retire. And it's like, what, are? what is happening? <laughs> like, what, what is going on here? <laughs> We're not going to be able to do that. No, 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 never. Yeah. Forgotten Worlds. Uh, tell us, tell us about <laughs> it. I, I really enjoyed, uh, yeah. I think there's three main videos, perhaps. Yeah, there's three so far. So far. I would like to do more. Um, I've been enjoying them. I like them a Thank lot. You. Um, I feel like this is in the same vein of what we're sort of talking about regarding uh, technology and nostalgia. Yeah, it's um, it's a series of videos I did with a uh, an artist friend of mine uh, named Baru, and they are kind of yeah about the same sort of era, I guess, like two thousands, 
And uh, there's like so much of that stuff online. Like there's so much like, hey, do you remember this? Like, hey, do you remember this this game or this toy or this thing? Um, so I didn't really want to just do that because I feel like there's so much of it already. Like right. I wouldn't be adding anything. So I tried to focus on uh, like the communities that built up around these things and the like ways of relating that people developed around technology. So it wasn't just like, hey, do you remember, uh, like, do you remember Dance Dance Revolution, which obviously still exists? Um, or like, hey, do you remember arcades? But like, but okay, how did arcades and that game, which had to be played in an arcade, like how did those shape relationships between people? And how did people use these technologies, like forums and the internet to, to like arrange their lives in certain ways, in ways that like they, don't really anymore so we did yeah we did the one on on dance Dance revolution and kind of like forum culture um one on muds which were like text-based online games like the predecessors to mmos um and then one on emulation kind of in the 2000s before emulation was like just a thing that was super easy to do and there were like so many commercial products for it and stuff uh like before nintendo was selling us roms um when it was kind of like a, an illicit, like, oh, am I going to get a, am I going to go to jail for like not deleting this round? Yeah, it's mystical. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I would love to do more of them. Um, the I think you know I I wrote them and I narrated them, but the real kind of star there I think is the the art, like the visuals by Baru are just amazing. Um, these like watercolor kind of illustrations yeah i like Um, the aesthetic i like the aesthetic and i think that the narration and just the the content matter like it creates this whole unique aesthetic that like i I, like i was just sort of like going through them and i'm like i'll watch like a couple minutes of each of these and just see and i like ended up watching all of them because i was like oh this is like great and like you were saying it's like this is the type of stuff that like you you go to some channel you just whatever just make up a name like h bomber guy and he just has all these just oh let me talk about muds for however like let me make a four hour long video talking about muds and you're like okay this is enough (laughs) i i enjoyed this being like a little bit more of like a short yeah i can't i mean i've heard very good things about especially his most recent video on um, oh, he's good. Tom, I actually Tom, do enjoy him. But Tommy yeah. Tallarico, uh, a few of my friends just like keep telling me to watch it because it's apparently incredible. But I don't really watch longer video essays. And so I didn't want to make one. <laughs> like I kind of want to get in and get out in like under 10 minutes. Um, and also just because the style of the video, like the, the sort of that's all like hand drawn art that the artist is making for them. So it is like pretty time and labor intensive. So actually like I would, I would probably have done more of those videos in the last few months, but, um, it takes a while. My, well, it takes a while. And also like my work was paying for that <laughs> and, uh, that's not the case anymore. So if I want to do uh, more, you know, I would have to, uh, uh, pay the, the artist myself and I will probably do that for a few of them. But, you know, I just, if you're, when you're working with people, you want to make sure that they're getting paid well and, right. and everything. So, but uh, yeah, they're, I mean they're fun, and um, and people uh, people yeah seem to like them. So I think there is space for that kind of like shorter video. Uh, that's certainly the format that I prefer to watch. So I guess maybe other people feel the same way. You know, something interesting I've noticed is apparently like longer videos and video essays do best on YouTube. 
Yeah. Which you, you would think it would be the opposite because like how people's attention spans have gotten so limited and short right. like with TikTok and everything. Somehow the longer stuff on YouTube seems to do the best. I mean, besides I, us, of course. I think that, yeah, definitely aside from us, but everybody else. Um, I think that it wasn't always like that. And yeah. that there's something having to do with like advertisers and like if you stay on a certain video and they can feed you more ads as mm. opposed to like spacing the ads out by, yeah. based on like clicking away from a page sort of thing. So that's where they started incentivizing longer videos. In a way, it's almost like the advertisers are actually doing a good thing because it's like they're encouraging <laughs> right. people to stretch their attention spans longer. It's like we want to show you our crap. We know you're right. going to hit the skip ad button as soon as you fucking can. <laughs> right. But it keeps people like, okay, focused on something instead of like, okay, what's next? What's next? Yeah. So thank you. Thank you, yeah. Wendy's. Yeah. No, I mean, that's, I never really thought about it that way, but that is, it is interesting to think about like how this stuff shapes the kinds of things that people watch by like rewarding certain formats over others. Yes. It is sort of weird too, because I feel like the same thing that's happening on YouTube is similarly happening to like the movie industry where yeah. like we're talking about avatar is three hours long batman was three hours long right. all these movies are trying to make them like as long as possible yeah and i feel like there's more and more of like a conscious effort with certain filmmakers to be like i'm making a 90 minute film fuck it i'm making an hour film and just it's done it's over i can't right. think of any yeah. examples but i, I feel endless like content I'm right. forever endless content forever yeah yeah, so I don't know, the three-hour movie thing, it's like, I gotta be pretty invested, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't mind it. Like, you know, we, we talked about the movie Drive My Car recently, and just, mm -hmm. I think that was about three hours long, too. And when it, if you can make a movie that's three hours long, and it doesn't feel like it, that's great. But yeah. for me, like, when I saw The Irishman, I'm like, oh my fucking God, this feels like <laughs> torture. God damn, that was so long, and not very interesting, in my opinion. I wasn't a fan. I don't know. I took an edible and I was a little zooted, so I just, uh, yeah, okay. There, there he is, the Irishman. About to get well, faded and watch the Irishman. Yeah. <laughs> That's what the kids are doing now. It was fine. I have no strong feelings. <laughs> I mean, that's what so much content is now, right? It's just like kind of background stuff. Yeah, I think um, that's that's a big part of it, too, because like, you know, podcasting and YouTube video essays, it's a lot of stuff because people want to like people love that parasocial connection, mm. having something on in the background. I mean, when I'm, you know, I'm more encouraged to clean my apartment more often because it's like I'll put in headphones and listen to like a podcast or even a video essay. I don't have to look at every yeah, single totally, part totally. of it, you know, and it's like, oh, I'm, I'm actually being more productive when I'm doing this, you know, and in a way it's like that's good. You know, but there, it's almost like this, like passive medium uh, stuff has been big. But then, like you said, grand movies are also not passive, but they're longer because people want to get their more bang for their buck. I have no idea. Yeah. I mean, I will say, you know, and I said this on the last episode, but like the idea of like, I think that more and more we're getting inundated with so much like, oh, you're watching a movie and you're on your laptop and mm -hmm. you're texting your friend. and maybe James Cameron has a point to saying like, oh, you'll come back because it's like a movie theater really is a space where you can only watch a movie. Well, supposedly right. you're, yeah, supposedly, you're supposed, you're as supposed we talked about last to. time. Yeah. But like, you know, aside from that, it's like, you, you don't really have like a, you just sit there and you just look and that's it. And 
there's part of me that's starting to appreciate that more and yeah. more. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Just yeah, getting totally. bombarded with psychic warfare. The only bad <laughs> part is like you can't pause it to go to the bathroom because like that sucks. Right, and if you yeah. miss something, it's like that. Otherwise, I I love going to the movie theater. I fucking love yeah. it. You know, even if it's an old movie I've already seen, I don't care. I'll be there. You know, if there's a special screening of it. Yeah, um, no, it's great. Yeah. I mean that yeah, that I feel like I mostly watch movies by doing that. Um yeah, just because like if I'm at home or or like, you know, if I have people over, I'll watch movies with with other people, but like mm-hmm. on my own, I have a really hard time sitting down and like putting a movie on and not doing something else while I'm doing that. And like I have two monitors for my my desktop computer. So it's like I can very easily have a movie on and then be like, you know, doing something else in the second one. And it's like, that's not really a great way to like experience yeah, just, anything. <laughs> like just as but, Kubrick intended. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Yeah, really, just paying homage to the to the greats. Um, Watching Mulholland Drive on my iPhone. Yeah, God, I don't yeah. know what's going on. <laughs> yeah, this movie's that. stupid. <sighs> Do y'all ever feel like we're just uh, like lab rats with like the they put the like cocaine in a lab rat's maze and it's just like freaking out and it like can't sit still and like Do you ever think that yeah, that's like okay. what technology I, is doing to our I, brains? I got. I gotta be careful with my YouTube because sometimes I'll start watching videos and then YouTube's like, and I, and I start to see how it happens to people. Like, you know, there were like a few years ago, there were like those big conversations about like, how is YouTube radicalizing, you know, young people? Yeah. Yeah. And I start to see how that happens because I've like seen, I've watched a few videos about like serotonin and like, oh, like it's very easy to, like we live in a very serotonin kind of rich environment where like, there's so many things that want to like show you something or flash something or right. like give you this little hit of like, oh, there's something new to click or something new to do. And uh, <laughs> the problem is like those videos, I feel like once you like see a few of those, then YouTube's like, oh, do you want to see stuff about how like, um, like, you know, the culture, the culture is like secretly trying to like control your mind and stuff. Uh. And it's like, well, I do believe that it is. But I don't believe that it's the Jews who are doing it. So, <laughs> right. um, like, I think it's just money. It's just like yeah. capital and attention is money. Um, but like the route that a lot of people go down when they start to read that stuff is like, oh, it's because there are bad people who are trying to control me personally. Um, you know, like Kanye or whatever. Um, yeah. Obviously, you know, latent mental health stuff in a lot of cases too. Oh, yeah, uh, for sure. But like, but yeah, no, it sucks. Like, I think you have to be really intentional to like not get sucked into this stuff. And I have such a hard time with it. Like, I'm trying to be like, I'm going to spend less time looking at Twitter or spend less time, you know, doing whatever. But I feel like once you start to notice it, you like notice all of the ways that like even like UI is built to like, like even in like a mobile app or something when you click on something and it like flashes or like pops with like some little sparkles. It's like, oh, yeah, my brain likes that because because uh, when yeah. we picked berries like <laughs> in the yeah, you know yeah. on the a savannah the the bright color that was oh good delicious and it's like now it's like ah yeah my brain likes that but it's not doing anything for me so yeah thank you for buying something at 7-Eleven here's a bunch of flashing lights and sparkles right. and it's like <laughs> oh i think i'll yeah, come you back did great here's a reward yeah like ah oh, okay yeah god yeah, there was uh, a there was a point in time I listened to a lot of um like Terrence McKenna talks like to oh, try sure, and get yeah. myself to fall asleep and 
I will fall asleep listening to that. And I'll wake up to like the Lex Friedman podcast. And I'm like, why does this keep him? It's like a different one each time. I Do you think that's working on you, Grant, when you're sleeping? You're like getting radicalized? No, it works the opposite. I wake up and I get very it's it's almost like too boring. If you've mm. ever watched one of his like even his Kanye episode was like kind of a snooze fest. Um, and it's just like, why does why does it keep telling me to I will never listen to the Lex Friedman podcast? I'm sorry. <laughs> wrong target audience. I don't care. You think people ever wake up? They're like, what the thought cops? Fuck this. <laughs> no, no, we don't have that kind of uh, power. Yeah, no, we don't. We don't. There is there like, like a... a <laughs> I was going to say, there, there's a point in time where I kept like, uh, I kept falling asleep listening to YouTube videos and waking up to like the Sargon of Akkad on the Joe Rogan <laughs> podcast. And it's like, why this one? I uh... What the fuck? Yeah, and like it's funny you mentioned Terrence McKenna because like there was a period like a, a year or two ago where I was listening to a lot of stuff too, and like him and Alan Watts too, and like you get into those guys on YouTube, and YouTube's like, oh, you you like this? You do you want to listen to Jordan Peterson? Because a lot of people yeah, who like those yeah. stuff listen like him, and I'm like, I don't see why. Like I don't know why. <laughs> like they need to do it in the reverse order. They need to like, oh, you like Jordan Peterson? Why don't you listen to a guy that uh fucking hates Nazis and thinks drugs are pretty cool? Right. You know. <laughs> yeah. 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 <sighs> but it's not where the money goes. So true. Well, let's uh, let's wrap things up a little bit here. Well, we don't have any voicemails this week. I think our listeners were feeling a little bit shy. But if you want to give us a call, we'll play your voicemail on the air. Our number is 312-788-7361, or you can always send us an audio file to thoughtcopspodcast at gmail.com. Also want to mention we have a Patreon. You can get all kinds of fun bonus content and lots of it over there, patreon.com slash thoughtcops. want to give a shout out to one of our older patrons this week, Slime Main Lagunk, who has been a patron <laughs> since July of 2020. Wow, wow thank Incredible you. Incredible name. Sounds awfully familiar, huh? Yeah. But before we go, uh, Merritt, where can people find your book, support your book, and where can they find you on the internet? Yeah. Um. So the book is uh, being crowdfunded right now. Actually, when does this go up? This should be up, uh, let's see here, sometime. Like Hopefully earlier than next Tuesday. Somewhere okay, around cool. there, yeah. So if you're listening to this uh, around when it goes up, um, the, there's a crowdfunding campaign for the book and, um, it runs until, um, I think next, until I think the 15th, December 15th. Okay. Um, and 2022. So, can, so people listening in 2027. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the crowdfunding campaign is on volume, which is like the, the publisher's like sort of crowdfunding platform. So it's like vol.co slash product slash land dash party, which is not that catchy. But if you go to my Twitter, it's it's there. It's my pinned tweet. If you go to my Instagram, uh, my Twitter is at Merrick K. My Instagram is at Merrick K9. Um, was Merrick K taken? It was taken. It was taken, unfortunately. I, I don't remember who because I made that Instagram years ago and I only started using it like frequently. Uh, a few weeks ago when everyone told me that Twitter was going to die. And and um, here we are. And re- why are we still here? Just to suffer? Uh, you know? It's like, funny. It's, it's, it is know. funny. Twitter dying is hilarious. It is hilarious. I don't care I, if it happens or not. Whatever. I think at this point I am over 
my sort of initial thing of like, oh God, oh God, I've invested so much into this platform. And now I'm just like, it's still here, huh? All right. Well then. Um, but, but yeah, so American on Twitter, American 9 on Instagram. Uh, if Twitter goes down, maybe I just won't do social media anymore. That could be fun. Go back to the 2000s. Who knows? Um, have some land parties. Let's go back to berry picking. I like that idea, actually. Yeah, let's pick berries. Yeah, let's eat some. And if you eat some poisonous berries and you die, well, then, you know, your genes just don't get passed on, I guess. Um, liver, liver King told me not to eat any berries. Berries are all uh, poisonous. Well, you can't Didn't listen he? to Liver King, though, because he's yeah. not natty. Didn't that kind of no, thing no, canceled th- or something? I think you're wrong. I think he's he's, he's natty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally realistic physique. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, just normal human. human I saw body. I saw a video where someone was like, uh, now that we all know that he's not natty. Um, now that we all know. Like now that we all know, as if nobody knew. But like, bodybuilding guys are some of my favorite guys on the internet. They've just brought me so much joy over the years i don't know if you all ever were ever into the delray misfits but they were an incredible group of bodybuilders out of florida but there are just so many um um, i think beige frequency might have a video on that group um i feel like a lot of early internet culture did sort of come from the mm -hmm. dredges of bodybuilding bodybuilding bodybuilding.com yeah the forums absolutely Um, how many days in a week are there classic I think uh, a lot of people are trying to argue that there are six or eight. I can't. remember. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was great. Um, I feel like a lot of fitness people hate have hated Liver King for like a long time. But it's, you know, the the red pill dudes that mm-hmm. were like, no, no, whatever. But like the, the funniest thing about the whole thing is like this dude's just been eating testicles because he just really <laughs> likes to. Like there's <laughs> there's no superpowers involved. He just <sighs> loves doing it. He's just crazy about it. Um, but yeah, hey, pick up the book if you if you want to. I don't know if there's going to be a retail version. There might be, but it's kind of up in the air right now. So, uh, wait, wait, hold on. What a sec. What is that? Zwick, mute yourself. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just heard this like murmuring. On that note, we'll wrap things up. Uh, Merit, yeah. thanks so much for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me back on. Yeah, yeah absolutely. appreciate it. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Again, give us a call, 312-788-7361. We'll see you on the other side. See you, Space Cop.